rocking the USA for the past 24 years. You are tuned in to David Essel Live, America's positive radio talk show. Welcome aboard, gang. Broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Proud to be part of the iHeart Clear Channel Premier Radio Network. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Text us during the show, 941 941- Two six six seven six seven six. We've been here doing what we do. We're going to continue doing it for at least another twenty four years, helping you to maximize your potential in life. Whether we're talking about your mind, body, spirit, finances, relationships, that's what we do. We have the top guests in the world. All of these shows are archived. As of as a matter of fact, we're going to be talking to Renee Mullen Masters in just a couple minutes, uh, author of, of the book, developer of the program. You are smarter than you think. It's going to be a very interesting interview, and all these interviews are always archived at TalkDavid.com. After 9 p.m. tonight, you'll be able to hear Renee's uh, interview. So if you have friends, maybe friends with kids, friends with friends that miss this interview and need the information, and then, of course, for the past multiple years, all of the shows are archived, so you can go there and listen 24-7. Welcome aboard as we get ready to rock. Imagine this. When I was a young kid, my mother used to tell me all the time, and Renee is going to understand this. You're not as smart as you think. Renee, isn't that true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I remember my mother saying that you're not. Now, when I call my mother tomorrow, and she's around 87, and I'm going to say, Mom, I've always been smarter than you thought I was, and I have proof. <laughs> Will you be available to talk to her, Renee? Absolutely. I'll convince her. <laughs> and that she's smarter than she thinks, too. <laughs> there you go. All right. I like your win-win attitude. Hey, this very cool story that you shared, and that is in second or third grade, uh, there was a, 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 a classmate that you had that was put ahead, put ahead a year. And then we fast forward, and because this person was quote-unquote smarter, and we fast forward to college, and in a certain course, she gets an average grade, and you rock the world. <laughs> I know. Can you believe that? But that happens. Isn't that That's so cool. It's like that's what happened. All my it was like my my school years were set up so that I would uh, so that I would have the experience I had when I read Dr. Gardner's work. It's the weirdest thing. And so when I read Dr. Gardner's work, I went aha. Aha, aha, you know, it explained all the crazy things that happened to me when I was in school. Now, is in, in a nutshell, is that because you are an experiential learner versus a book learner? Is that, does it all come down to that? Yes, what happened, you know, like, okay, when we were in second grade, the second grade looked, uh, honored linguistic and logical abilities. And my friend, my best friend, she was my best friend, she was talented in those two areas, and I'm mm-hmm. not. Okay? Mm-hmm. So then when we go get into college, all of a sudden we land in a botany class that is taught experientially. For example, if we're talking about a pine cone, we have a pine cone in our hand. Right. And that's just the way I learn. That's how I learn. <laughs> and And I was shocked, to tell you the truth. I was shocked because... I not only got the A, I got the highest grade in the class. I almost fell off my stool. <laughs> and, and then afterwards, I talked to her, and she said she'd gotten a C. And I said, did you study? And she said, yes, she had. And uh-huh. I'll tell you, there was a little elation inside, um, but then there was this 
big question mark like, how did that happen? Right. And I didn't know. Yeah. Is in, in all of your work, and, and there's some really cool studies, there's a university, I think it was Minnesota study that we'll get to, and in, in, in all of your work, is it has it been narrowed down yet that there's four or eight or ten different mainly brain function ways that people learn? Is there a specific number, Renee, that we know? Can you share with that? Yeah. Howard Gardner's has continued to, you know, investigate this, and he has seven that he started with, and those are the ones that I use. The next two are a little bit more difficult to use, and one it has to do with wanting to be in the in the wilderness, and the other is spirituality. But mm. the first seven he created really can be used to help you uh, learn more effectively in school. And what I what I li- how I like to talk about them, they're brain talent. And everybody has brain talents, and they're like these eight-lane freeways that go into the brain. And like on a freeway for a car, um, when you are stimulating that eight-lane freeway and you are trying to learn something, that information goes automatically to to long-term memory. And everybody's had this experience. There have been times when you have been introduced to somebody and you remembered their name. And there's other times when you've been in- introduced to somebody and you don't even remember that you were introduced. <laughs> exactly. True. true. So totally true, yes. <laughs> and oh the my reason gosh. that happened is that accidentally, when you remembered the name, you did something that used your brain talent. And when you couldn't even remember that you were introduced, you were... You just weren't using your brain well at all. And that's how right. most of us are. Now, it, 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 you, you go on the, the way that traditionally being raised in school, and I'm very much like you. I'm very hands-on. You know, mm-hmm. you, 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 you give me something, you give me an experience, and I've, as long as I'm involved with it. But if you tell me, go read this and come back and, and, and share with me what you read, it, I won't be as knowledgeable. And you actually say memorizing, which is what we do all through school. Memorizing is a horrendous way to learn. My words, not yours. But 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 go it's ahead and explain not learning. why. It is not it's, learning. It is something you. else. It's and it is horrendous because there it, the there is no. We never get to the place where we start thinking outside the box when we have the aha. It what they have found is that when a person really learns something a chemical reaction happens in the brain. It changes. And kids today, when they're graduating from college, they say they learn nothing, which is true. They go for jobs that are below their ability because they feel empty. Hmm. And that's the tragic, you know, what's tragic about this. Cause, and the reason I know this is that when I started uh, putting this program together with students, 25 years ago, nursing was in trouble. They were, we, we didn't have enough nurses. And nursing schools were losing 80% of their students. And the reason they were lo- losing them is that nursing requires learning, not memorization. Right. And so I would go into these schools and I would help them 
with my book then, because that's all I had, um, to help these students learn where their brain talents are, and then I would show them how to transform any learning situation into a situation that worked for them. And in one semester, schools would go from losing 80% to saving 80%. Wow. And it, it, it wasn't magic. All it was is the students started to learn. They learned how to yeah. learn. And, and kids don't know how to learn. I mean, I would have given a million bucks for this when I was in school because I felt like I was beating my head against a brick wall. The, yeah. the harder I worked, the worse I did. And I felt terrible well, about myself because of it. I, you know, I, I can see that. I, I, a, a quick question. We're going to go to a break and come back and talk more, Renee, though. But are there, is there a way to teach so that all brain style, the seven different brain talents can learn without the teacher having to have seven different lesson plans? Yes. That's a question. We're in. Okay, Renee's going to come back and answer that in detail. We're going to go. So here's the question, gang. Is there a way a teacher's got a lot of responsibilities these days, 15, 20, 30, 40 kids in the class, all kinds of different brain talent. How does a teacher positively affect every kid in that class who has a different brain talent so they actually learn, not memorize, but learn? This is an awesome interview. If you have kids, if you have friends, if you know anyone in the world, <laughs> let them know that this program is for them, too. Renee Mullen Masters is going to be back with us in a minute. You are smarter than you think.com. Check it out. Our website, talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay there. David Essel here, inviting you to join our 10-week course, Success and Miracles, beginning Tuesday, October 7th for 10 straight weeks. You'll be joined by many other success-minded people who want what you want, Success and Miracles. Whether it's love, wealth, or health, go to TalkDavid.com right now. This teleconference series is open to anyone in the USA. That's TalkDavid.com. Join the course, Success and Miracles, to change your life now. TalkDavid.com. That's TalkDavid.com. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from tuned in to David Essel Live, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Oh yeah, coast to coast for the past 24 years on uh, Saturday evening, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, 1-800-548-8255. The song behind us, if you haven't heard it in its entirety, Jay-Z, Empire State of Mind, check it out. It is just an awesome 
awesome freaking uh, song. I just love it. Love it. Love it. 800-548-TALK. My guest, Renee Mullen Masters, uh, the website, youaresmarterthanyouthink.com, which is the name of her book. She's got an online program now, too, we'll talk about a little later on. But thank goodness that she's an expert in learning because she has to be to keep up with my ADD-type questioning, how we're jumping from topic to topic, and I appreciate that, Renee. Um, So the question I asked just before the break, and that was this, is that a teacher has 15, 20, 30, 40 kids in a class. We've got uh, the, the main seven brain talents, the seven main brain ways that people learn. How could someone be able to incorporate a lesson plan that would affect all these different learning styles without having to have seven different lesson plans? Okay. I am going to say something rat that's radical. The only purpose, I mean, the main purpose of an instructor is to get the student excited about the subject that they are teaching and to teach the student. The student has to be responsible for their own learning style or they oh, won't learn. I love it. I, I, te- I tested this out. I had a class where they had five things they had to remember, and we hit all the learning styles. And the next class, I gave them a test, and only two people out of the 35 students knew all five things. And the reason is that it kept them in a passive mode. But if a student knows how they learn, and they know that they want to learn, and the instructor is inspiring them about the subject, then they can transform any learning situation into something that works for them without so the teacher. Let, okay, so let me, let, let me throw out an idea and tell me if, I, if I'm grasping what you're saying. So a teacher comes in and they're dressed like the Statue of Liberty. Okay. Or a teacher comes, yeah, we'll just stay with that. You know, and they're teaching history and they're teaching this and they're teaching that. And, and it'll have to be at a certain grade, like let's say maybe fifth grade or above. I'm not quite sure you would know the answer to this. And the teacher says, hey, you know, I'll tell you what, what you're going to do as a homework assignment. Go online and find out how much cement was used in the Statue of Liberty and how long it took them to build it and ship it. Would, would would that go in alignment with what you're talking about with, you know, the teacher comes in kind of goofy, kind of fun, getting the kids inspired. It's showing the kids that they're tuned into their own work, and then they give them something to do where that the kids are responsible for finding out the information. Am I close? Well, that's one possibility. But the problem with that is that that really works for learners like the two of us. Yeah. But for the guy that learns from the book, He's up a creek without a frickin' paddle. And mm. it's, it's like my friend in the class. And so what the teacher needs to do is they need to do what really is fun for them, that inspires them. And then what will happen is that will inspire the students. But to begin with, she, that teacher has to walk in and say, okay, my expectation for you guys is that you're going to learn this material, and I'm going to help you learn how to learn by going online to the online You Are Smarter Than You Think program. You can get that stuff in two hours, and we're going to use it all semester. And what's going to happen is you're responsible for changing how I teach so that it works for you. 
and uh, if if you will do this, everybody in this class is going to get an A, and everybody mm. is going to know this material. Mm. And that's all it takes. Wow. So so much. Um, I, I you know when I when I think of you saying that the the, the teacher must get the student excited. I think there's, and, and I don't mean to put teachers into a rat hole here, but I think there's so many teachers that are burned out, um, probably well, because they've been teaching the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think teachers, I think teachers have really been, um, I think they have been treated terribly in this country. Mm-hmm. I think that um, they've been taking the butt end of a bad joke that somebody put into place called the no leave no child behind and uh and i think that um i think we've got it all wrong i think because of that teachers have taken on more and more of the responsive responsibility in the classroom and Mm -hmm. they have it in their head that oh my gosh I'm the one that makes the difference whether or not this student is successful or whatever, so I'm going to spoon-feed the information to them. And that's the worst thing you can do because it's boring. Oh, man, is it boring. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) It's like deathly. (laughs) Yes. It's horrible. um, We've got about two minutes to the end of the break, uh, to another break. Can you stay with us through the bottom of half hour, or do you need to leave? No, I'm good. Okay, good, good, good. Um, University of Minnesota study, two minutes. Can you share that? Yeah, we did 100 students at the University of Minnesota. They got two units of credit. We, uh, this is when we were developing the online program. Everyone, 98% of the kids stayed in school. Uh, the kids went from C and D students to A and B students. The kids that were um, not able to get into the major area uh, which happens all the time. Kids stay for seven, eight years trying to get into their major area, but they can't get a high enough grade to get in. All of those kids got into their major area, and it was a total success. Wow. All from utilizing the work that we're talking about. Absolutely. It's been happening in nursing programs nationally for 25 years. It's mm. like, uh, hello. <laughs> right, right. Hey, Renee, who is afraid of you in the world of education? Everybody. And and why? Because most people that go into education are linguistic and logically talented. They don't understand that two-thirds of their class is scared to death, doesn't know how to learn, can't relate to what they're talking about. They don't get it. They don't get it. They don't understand that some people are not receiving their information. As a matter of fact, most of their classroom. Right. And, well. Well, Renee, hang on. Renee Mullen Masters is our guest. We're going to go to another break. Uh, We have to do this. We'll be coming back. I'm so glad that she's going to be able to stay. We've got so much more to talk about. Renee Mullen Masters, uh, author, developer of You Are Smarter Than You Think. After the break, also, I've got a couple more questions. Then we're going to get into her online program that is available, the website, you are smarter than you think.com. You are smarter than you think.com. I'm calling my mother later on and I'm telling her directly that Renee is back in me, telling my moms too that 
I'm much smarter than my mom ever thought. And she's going to be so shocked to hear that I have a professional who supported me with that statement. <laughs> You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Our website, talkdavid.com. Back in a second. Stay there. Nobody ringing my telephone now. Such a beautiful sound You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Coast to coast for the past 24 years. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Welcome aboard. Don't forget to let your friends know we're on the air for them as well. A fascinating interview with Renee Mullen Masters, author of the book, You Are Smarter Than You Think. Renee, we're, we're talking about all these different ways we learn. I, I want to give an example of when, when I was in undergraduate school in a biology class, um, we had to learn, uh, we, we had, um, what do you call it when a cat is in formaldehyde? We used, uh, what's that called? I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call those guys. <laughs> You know, something dead that you had to dissect. Yes, we thank you. It was a cat that we had to dissect. Oh, brother. I know, I know, right? And I remember, and it was a full cat, a big cat. It wasn't like a tiny one. It was a big, big cat. And we had to, you know, dissect the whole thing and whatever. But I do remember this. Here's something that I'll never forget. I, I, I remember memorizing, I used the word catless. As 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 the word to remind me uh, for cervical, thoracic, lumbar, sacral, to to be able to remember the different parts of the spine, and and having that cat and having those words, like even today, you know, that was just a couple years ago. <laughs> I can I can still remember that. So so that is that more on the experiential side. Absolutely. You connected into yourself emotionally with the word catless and then attached those words to it. When I'm working with nursing instructor, nursing students and they have to learn, you know, these, the drugs that go with the, the disorder, like, right. um, like streptomycin to me always look like a red bombshell. You know, woman, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like I have them make characters out of all this stuff, and they have experiences of it, and 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 they don't forget it ever. Yes, yes. You know, it yes. goes into long-term memory. It hops onto one of those, you know, those freeways. Right. But, but so, everybody, so. there's seven different channels, and we also look at how you process language. And everybody has a different way that works just perfectly for them. Now, who supports you? We asked before who doesn't, and and you said everyone because they're threatened by this. Who supports you? Like, who's in your corner saying, oh, my gosh, we need to bring you into this school or this department or that department? Is there is there like a generic group of people that see the bigger picture that you've been painting for 25 years now? 
Um, I have to say that nursing schools are, they, they eat out of my hands and they're the ones that support me. And I have to say, I've been doing these radio shows and I've been doing them all over the world and I am finding so many people who relate to what I'm talking about. It's so exciting. Yes. It's like yes. they're coming out of the frickin' woodwork. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, it's so great. You know, it's like, oh, it's not just nurses, but there's so many people who have had the same experience. And most of the people that call me to be on the show, on their shows, they've had the same experience that I've had. Yes. They get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, here's here's a question. Is is our learning style genetically formulated or, or is it environmentally formed? Is it a combination of both? If it's a combination of both, is there a percentage to genetic versus environment? Please share. I, I don't know. The, I mean, I'm, my guess is it's genetic because when I used to do these workshops and I would get whole families, you know, three kids and a mom and a dad, um, all of them had similar profiles. So I'm assuming, oh. and twins usually have similar profiles. So I'm assuming it is genetic. Um, and it has to do with um, the bottom line of how the brain functions, so that makes sense that it probably is genetic. Yeah. Have you seen in your work over time or over experience that a person's learning style changes or or in a um, you know in one section of their life language that it could be different in another section of their life science or is it pretty much from birth to death and through all subject areas you have these you have these talents that are your best but that doesn't mean you can't improve in other areas. For example, I am, uh, when I started this journey 25 years ago, linguistics was not my, I didn't like it. I wasn't good. But I've had to get better. You know, I've written um, three sections, you know, I've had three editions of my book, and I've had good editors that work with me, but uh, I've had to get better. And you just get better by doing it. But mm-hmm. but it's not, I don't feel comfortable in that arena, and I never will. Um, I think we have our major talents that we're good at, <clears throat> and that's where we feel comfortable. And that's mm-hmm. where we're connected with our true selves. And we, when we're little kids under the age of four, we're really good at being connected to our true selves. And when we get into school, we abandon that. Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm sitting here reflecting. I mean, it's just so true. Um, we, you know, there was an article that I read earlier today that was talking about be, before the age of six, a child is fearless, a child um, is a risk taker, a child wakes up and has joy, a child. And then after six, which is what, first grade? Yeah, kindergarten, Everything changes. Grade. Everything changes. Yeah. I mean, they, they abandon themselves. And right. that's where Montessori, Marie Montessori, if you read her work, she mm-hmm. understood this. And she and, and Waldorf schools are the same. They allow the child to, to mature the way he is meant to mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two schools are really great with little kids. 
mm-hmm. um, and and letting them stay connected to their true selves. At least now, that how it used to be. Right. T- talk about. We have just two minutes left. Talk about your online course. The online course is the book with. Uh, I'm lecturing, there's games, there's uh, self-evaluations. It just takes the book and makes it experiential. Mm. And it's, it's really neat. You can get through it in two hours. You can learn the system. You go and apply it. Then you come back and double-check. You get to use the thing for um, a 30 days. You can click in and go to it anytime you want. And it it is a and when you get done and have learned the system, you can walk into any learning situation and be successful. You can get A's. You should get A's with this program. This is so good. I am so glad. And and ladies and gentlemen, the website you are smarter than you think dot com. You are smarter than you think dot com. Renee, I am so glad we had a chance. To, to do this today and to have this extensive of an interview with you. I want to thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you. And listen, have your mom call me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I'll what? It's the first <laughs> I'm gonna I'm the very first thing tomorrow morning because I know I just realized when I get out of the show tonight she'll already be asleep. So oh, first yeah. first thing tomorrow morning, Renee, okay. I'm gonna have her g- give you a ring. Okay. And, 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 and we will look forward to continue to promote your work. I love what you're doing, and have a great rest of your weekend. Oh, thank you so much. You too, and I appreciate your positive spirit. You you're doing bet. good work. <laughs> thank you, Renee. Okay, take care. Okay, bye bye now. Renee Mullenmasters, uh, you are smarter than you think. Go to the website, youaresmarterthanyouthink.com. If you have kids of any age, youaresmarterthanyouthink.com. And yourself, you might benefit as well. We're so pleased to be able to have experts like this on the show to separate us and allow us to continue to bring you the greatest information in the world. Coming up after this, yes, we're going to finally get to your text, to your emails, to all your questions coming up in just a moment. Everything is at talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay there. Are you ready for a miracle? Hi, David Essel here, inviting you to join our 10-week course, Success and Miracles, beginning Tuesday, October 7th for 10 straight weeks. You'll be joined by many other success-minded people who want what you want, Success and Miracles. Whether it's love, wealth, or health, go to TalkDavid.com right now. This teleconference series is open to anyone in the USA. That's TalkDavid.com. Join the course, Success and Miracles, to change your life now. TalkDavid.com. That's TalkDavid.com had to say about their coaching sessions with Master Life Coach David Essel. You know, in four short months, our sales have climbed more than 150% in what is termed a declining marketplace. I look forward to what we can continue to create together. David helped us rebuild our marriage after an affair. We can't imagine how we could have done this without him. You can have what these clients have found working one-on-one with David at TalkDavid.com. That's TalkDavid.com. Life is short, and it's getting shorter every day. Are you finished procrastinating over your biggest goals in life? Would you like to finally make a lot more money or lose that extra fat? It's time to stop talking about goals and actually achieve them. 
Master Life Coach David Essel can help you accomplish your biggest goals in life. Register today for any of David's life coaching plans at TalkDavid.com and get an extra session with David absolutely free. Visit TalkDavid.com today. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Uh, great to have you on board with us. Broadcasting live on a Studio E Los Angeles. Trisha Nathan in the box with me here. Going to go through a bunch of your emails and texts. We've got a couple uh, very high sex drives, six to seven times a week. For a number of years, but that has shifted. Uh, another one of our, our listeners going through a divorce, and they have a mediation set up with the attorneys, and they want help with that. My goodness, there's so many things going on. Uh, the, why I pushed writing so much more than just talking to Breakthrough for Success. We'll get to these and so many more of your questions. My boyfriend uh, of three years and I have very high compatible sex drives. Uh, six to seven times a week is the norm. However, in the last three months, he has had very little interest. Could he be in an affair? We are 45 and 40 years of, of age. Well, the very first thing I'm going to say is that, uh, you know, what has he said to you? Have you asked him? Have you talked to him? And if he's blowing it off, then that is a concern. If he has an answer, like, is he overly stressed at work? Is he overly stressed about money? Is he have something going on with his family? Is there something going on with friends of his? So the very first thing I would say is have a very, just sit down and talk to him. Say, listen, you know, for, we've been together for three years and up until a few months ago, we had sex six times a week. And now all of a sudden it's down to zero. You know, is there something you want to talk to me about? So, so see, ask him why, you know, could he be bored? I mean, sometimes people reach a saturation point, and we might be happy with just doing it one way, and maybe our partner gets bored, which is not unusual. We see it in our office all the time. So, But I would ask, um, talk to him about getting on a schedule again, saying, you know, I know that we're off our schedule of six to seven times a week, but can we, can we get back on? to like two times a week. Like in other words, throw out an olive branch. Say, I'd really love to you know, become intimate with you again and get regular, can we do it? See what his response is. If his response is absolutely no, I'm, I, I just, I'm not there. Then the next step I would say would be to get help. You know, like just say, okay, then you know what? We're gonna have to go get this figured out. You're not telling me why, but you're saying no. And of course people feel rejected when some, there's someone isn't explaining why their sexual interest has changed, but they're not given an answer, right? It could be hormones. I mean, it didn't say who's 45 and who's 40, but in that age group, many men start to lose testosterone levels. We all know this to be true. And by the way, I want to make this, this is really important. For all guys that are on testosterone replacement therapy, make sure that you're donating blood. 
like every four to six months. They've found studies that 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 is a healthy combination with testosterone, and if not, and I'm not a medical doctor, but you can find this information online, the blood starts to thicken for reasons I'm not sure of, but you can find the information online. Make sure you're donating blood. So anyway, that was a little byproduct there of this conversation that if it's hormonally based, but but if he isn't able or doesn't want to or isn't willing to talk, then you're going to have to go and get help, and that's not a bad thing. Save the relationship. Hell, it's a good thing. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Text us anytime during the show, 941-266-7676, uh, We're going through a divorce right now. We meet with the mediator and two attorneys, one for myself, one for my husband, on Monday, just two days away. You said you believe that a man and a woman should never be in the same room during mediation. I brought this up to my husband, and he thought it was nonsense. Why do you say that? Oh, my gosh. Let let me tell you, I have helped couples work on their divorces, through their divorces, and become divorced, just like we've helped couples save marriages. But in the case of mediation and divorce, I'll tell you why. There is a chance, and this is a stereotypical response, but it's the one I've seen over years and years and years, that the man in the room during the divorce with two attorneys and a mediator becomes the bully. He becomes the intimidator. In those cases, which happens more than you think, you know, I've sat with couples where that you know the guy was obviously very upset because he was the one served with papers, but he would say the words, yes, I want this to be equal, yes, I want this to be good for the children, yes, I want, but you could see in his body language that he was so filled with revenge and resentment that it was going to be anything like that. And I've always counseled both people saying, listen, guys, just don't get in the same room together because even if it's the woman that loses it, and it happens, women would become extremely emotional when something comes up that they weren't expecting. And then that emotional response ticks off their husband, former husband-to-be, ticks off their husband, and then he digs his feet in the ground. No, 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 separate rooms, separate rooms, separate rooms. Uh, some Pete, one of the other, one part of the other could get flustered. They could become overly emotional. They could agree to things that 48 hours, 72 hours, three months later, they go, why the hell did I agree to that in the mediation? Because he bullied me or because she was crying hysterically and I gave in when I shouldn't have. Do you know what I'm saying? So listen, just don't even go there. Tell your attorney, I refuse to have the mediation happen in the same room. You're paying the attorney. It's up to you. Even if the attorney says, oh, I've been doing this for years. It won't be a big deal. I would say bull crap. Get your get in, and all mediation that's done is done with two rooms available. All professional mediators always have and it's often done in a courthouse, but they always have two rooms available for this very reason. But why go through it? Why put yourself through hell? When, when even, and I mean, there's, listen, in 25 years, there's been one divorce I've worked through that has been a piece of cake. They came in my office, they wrote up together what they were going to separate the property. They were smiling, laughing. Hell, they walked out of my office holding hands. I said, oh my gosh, I would love to see this all the time. I haven't seen it since. Once in 25 years. Use separate rooms with your attorney and the mediator. End of story. 1-800-548-TALK. Text us, 941 Two six six seven six seven six. 
David, you always talk about writing as a key to breaking through for success. I'm not sure why it is so important. Oh, this is a great question. Listen, when we write, like let's say we're writing down what we're having a challenge with finances or we're having a challenge in a relationship or we're having a challenge with our weight or we're having a challenge with our career or we're having a challenge with our children. So when we take the time to write, what is the major challenge we're going through? We may be surprised to see that it's been going on a lot longer than we intellectually thought we might look at the writing and say this is a lot worse than I've been thinking it was we may look at the writing and say how the heck have I been letting this go on for 5 10 15 20 years so it's a wake-up call writing is a wake-up call writing puts everything in the physical world which is where most change happens number one number two when you're writing about the success steps that need to be taken in order to achieve your goal of more money less debt uh, less weight more energy better sleep a better relationship finding the love of your life whatever it might be when you're writing down the solutions the written action slows the conscious brain down so that thoughts from the subconscious can come into consciousness. Many times you have the answers of what to do because emotions get involved and we're flustered, we're anxious, we're nervous, we're resentful, we're mad, we're whatever. Because those thoughts come into our head, it sort of screws around with the answers that are underneath consciousness just waiting to pop up and help us. So when you write the solution to your challenge, answers from the subconscious have a chance to trip, triple up, trickle up to the consciousness, and you're a lot smarter than you think, as Renee Masters just told us a couple minutes ago, and you really are a lot smarter. I mean, when I work with, with my clients or I work with people taking them through the Life Coach certification, they're always amazed at how much they know that they didn't even realize how much they knew because of the written word. So I hope that answers your question. I don't do anything without writing. I don't make decisions. I, I write about gratitude every day. Everything is put on paper so it becomes more real. Okay? Uh, 1-800-548-TALK. Don't forget, all of our shows are archived at talkdavid.com. And coming up in a couple minutes, I'm really excited, Lee Daniel Kravitz, one of the authors of Super Survivors, the surprising link between suffering and success is going to be with us. This is going to rock. It's going to make sense to you. And we're going to see the difference between people who go through trauma and become incredibly successful and those who come go through trauma and get stuck. We're going to find out all the answers to this. Every Saturday, all these shows are archived at TalkDavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Have you ever wondered why you struggle with money or why creating deep love is so challenging or why losing weight and keeping it off is such a struggle? Hi, I'm iHeartRadio host and author David Essel. For 22 years, we have helped thousands of people figure out the why to their life challenges and then create a plan that leads to lifelong success. If you're ready, contact me at TalkDavid.com today. Our one-on-one sessions are so effective that you will absolutely create the life you desire. And programs begin as low as $100. One-on-one with me, David Essel, at Talk. David.com. Are you ready for a miracle? Hi, David Essel here, inviting you to join our 10-week course, Success and Miracles, beginning Tuesday, October 7th for 10 straight weeks. You'll be joined by many other success-minded people who want what you want, success and miracles. Whether it's love, wealth, or health, go to talkdavid.com right now. This teleconference series is open to anyone in the USA. That's talkdavid.com. Join the course, Success and Miracles, to change your life now. Talkdavid.com. That's talkdavid.com.